Let us pray. We thank you, gracious one, for your word. And now we invite your spirit to apply these words to our hearts and lives. May we leave this place understanding more of who it is you created us to be in the time in which we live. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Well, looking around the room, I don't see too many of you that are much worse for the wear with the events of this weekend. Any of you stand in line for the big event, midnight, Thursday night, Friday morning, the new vampire werewolf movie, <laughs> Twilight, we had a, we've got a few here, okay. Well, I got to tell you, for me, I am a science fiction fan. I love the Star Wars, Star Trek, any of the superhero stuff, Superman movies, all the different versions, Batman, Spider-Man, I love them all. But I draw the line (laughs) at vampires and werewolves. Now, on the other hand, Cindy, my fiancé, and her daughters, and in fact, my own daughters, have read the books completely. Now, on Friday, Cindy and her daughters and a few other women who made the jaunt with them over to Paso Robles to see this movie together while I watched a teething toddler and a jealous three-year-old. Now, they made the trek to Paso Robles with a life-sized cutout of the most eligible vampire in the world, (laughs) Edward. Now, I don't know whether the movie was entertaining. I don't know which was more entertaining, the movie itself or these women with the cutout in the line or me with the teething toddler and the jealous three-year-old. I don't know what was more entertaining. But this was a, a big, big weekend, and, and you, you've seen it on the news, you've seen the reports, maybe you've stood in the lines. It's taken the, the world by storm, Twilight. I said I'm a science fiction fan. I, I love that genre, the escapism. I love even Christian fiction. There's a lot of Christian fiction out today. Not just today, but it, it seems to be more in vogue. There's been fiction that is loosely based on Scripture for a long time. And I love the fiction that particularly that appeals to our hopes, our longings for something more, something better. The fiction of C.S. Lewis, uh, you know, tremendous writings. The, 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 the shack that we studied during the Lenten season this last year, Paul Young's book. Great fiction that appeals to the hopes and the aspirations in all of us while dealing with sometimes difficult, touchy subject matters. I'm a bit troubled because there are some genres, some some Christian fiction that pulls from lessons like what we had today, and rather than appealing to our hopes, appeals instead to our fears, our anxieties. And this is not a new phenomenon either. Reflect with me on the readings, particularly in Revelation, and the gospel in John. 
Now, Revelation is one of those books that during a time in my life when, in my, my past life, when I chose the readings every week rather than having the lectionary with the readings assigned, I probably only chose a reading from Revelation maybe two or three times during the entire 23 years or 24 years that I was in ministry in the Church of the Nazarene. And the reason is, it's a book that is not just controversial. It's a book that is so metaphorical, but it's metaphorical of whatever you may want to draw the metaphor for. There are equally gifted scholars who interpret the scriptures in different ways. And I don't know if you lived through any of this, but in in my past life, you know, there was a big debate about the tribulation period. And this tribulation period that's described in Revelation and the rapture that's going to happen and the Christians are going to be taken out of the world. Is that going to happen or is the rapture going to happen before the tribulation starts? Is it going to be in the middle of the tribulation? Is it going to be at the end of the tribulation? What is, what is it going to be? I hated to even get started in that direction in conversation. But a very wise pastor once told me when it came to the argument about pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib. He said, I'm pan-trib. I said, what does that mean? It's all going to pan out in the end. <clears throat> but it's not anything new. There have been books authored, fiction loosely based on uh, a theological approach to these particular passages and others like them, the prophecies from Daniel. Back in the 70s, there was Hal Lindsey's book, The Late Great Planet Earth. And there were several films, that Christian films, that were spawned from that, that book. One of them, I remember as a junior high student at a junior high camp, and I've shared this with some of you before, but I can remember it was the night, 1974, when Richard Nixon resigned as president in Boiling Springs, Oklahoma, great thunderstorm, lightning storm, and we were watching a film that was called The Thief in the Night. And this was a film that was talking about the rapture and you're going to be left. And, and, you know, every kid in that camp was kneeling at an altar. We were so afraid that we were going to be left. Well, the late great planet Earth and those films kind of went their way. And and we've had a more recent phenomenon with Tim LaHaye's books and the, the movies that came out after that, the Left Behind series that many of you are familiar with. That kind of fiction, and I'm not here to to try to debunk any of that, but just to say that I'm not captured by that kind of fiction because I believe it appeals more to our fears. I've heard it said that Christians should live their lives with the Bible in one hand and a newspaper in the other, and I believe that's true. But unfortunately, there are far too many Christians who have the Bible in one hand and the newspaper in the other. And what they're trying to do is to figure out when is it that this return of Christ is going to happen and when is the world going to be destroyed and and all of these things. I think reading, living my life with the Bible in one hand and the newspaper in the other should be about how can I be a part of ushering in the kingdom of God in this day and age and making a difference. For if... All of that is true. If everything in the Left Behind series is true, if everything in the, in the, the late great planet Earth is true, what's going to matter is that 
if that happens, when that happens, what am I doing for the kingdom? How am I living this faith that I say I possess? And Jesus talked an awful lot about how we should relate to one another and how we should relate to our world. Look with me again at the reading from Revelation. John writes, To him who loves us and freed us from our sins by his blood and made us to be a kingdom. This Christ the King Sunday, the kingdom that Christ, the kingdom of Christ is us. We are the kingdom. The gospel reading, Jesus is asked by Pilate, are you a king? And there's a, it's not usually read in a funny kind of a way, but I take some humor in Jesus' response when he's talking about his kingdom. And he says, my kingdom is not from this world. If my kingdom were from this world, my followers would be fighting to keep me from being handed over to the Jews. If my kingdom were of this world, my followers would be fighting to keep me from being handed over to the Jews. Where were his followers? Hiding, right? Hiding why? They were afraid. Okay, so there's some, Jesus is saying, you know, my followers, if my kingdom were really of this earth, they'd be here fighting to keep me from being handed over. But because they're scared and hiding, that's testimony to the fact that my kingdom is not from this world. But Jesus' kingdom is a kingdom that you and I are a part of today. N.T. Wright, the Bishop of Durham, Anglican Bishop of Durham, great theologian, has written a book recently entitled Surprised by Hope, where he, he talks about a lot of these theologies that are really more recent in, in Christian history over the last 300 years or so. The early church expected that Christ would return and it would be in their lifetime. But they were not expecting the annihilation of the planet and starting over. They were expecting the renewing of this earth. And Jesus talked a lot more about how we as his followers are to interact with each other. How we are to be stewards of this world in which we live and the relationships that we share. How we are to care for the poor and the widows, the orphans. He had a lot more to say about social justice kinds of issues than he did about any of the end times prophetic kinds of things that we see on television if you're flipping through the Christian television channels. I'm not here to debunk any of that. You may be gathering. I have some perspective on that. But what I believe with all of my heart is that my service to Christ is what matters more than how I understand any of what is going to happen if and when this end time period is ushered in. Am I making a difference in the lives of people? How can I be someone who ushers in the kingdom of God? You're saying, I can't do that. I can't be be a kingdom builder. Yes, you can. By making a difference in the life of one person today who may have gone hungry. By sharing hope with someone who is discouraged, you are building the kingdom. And it behooves us as Christians who have the Bible in one hand and the newspaper in the other to be constantly considering what can we do today with the world we see depicted in the newspaper and the hope we see 
described in the Gospels. How can we bring that hope to this world? By answering that question every day and taking a step in that direction, we usher in the kingdom of God. And may our efforts this day and tomorrow and the next day begin to revitalize this world and make this place, this world, a place where God's love reigns supreme. In Jesus' name.